Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. This morning we're reading from verse 25 um, down to verse 34. So Matthew chapter 6, um, beginning to read verse 25. This is God's word. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This morning we come to think about anxiety or worry, as other translations put it. Anxiety or worry in the kingdom of of God. I think it's fair to say, without generalizing, that we all worry. Perhaps it's fair to say that there is something we are all currently worried about. We can worry about many things. We can worry about our health, about our family, about our children, their education, their developments, the friends they're making, their manners, what they're eating. We can worry they're not walking with the Lord. Perhaps we worry about older parents, how they're managing, how will we care for them. We can worry about our work, 
What if I sleep in? What if I'm late? How will I accomplish what needs to be done today? How will I deal with difficult people? How will we just keep going year after year? Can worry about retirement. Will I have enough to get me through? Will I be able to stick retirement? We can worry about Christmas. How am I going to get it all done? How will I afford it? I don't know if you've noticed, there's big posters up in town. And the credit union are advertising um, loans for up to £2,000 to cover Christmas. We can worry about our houses, cleaning them, maintaining them. We can worry about people. Do they like us? Do they respect us? Do they accept me? Do I have friends? Some of us worry in the morning about the day ahead. Some of us worry in bed at night about the day that has just been. Our list could go on and on and on. And we read our passage, and the command from Jesus is very obvious and is very clear. He repeats it three times. Look at it with me so you can see it. Verse 25, do not be anxious. Verse 31, do not be anxious. Verse 34, do not be anxious. So there we have it. (laughs) All those things that worry us and cause us anxiety, just don't do it. Don't be anxious. Very simple, isn't it? (laughs) Not quite, I hear you say Before we go any further this morning, I I just want to make a couple of points of what Jesus is not addressing. I don't believe Jesus is addressing here what we might call the condition of anxiety or depression that often goes with that. Um, For those who may experience what we call acute anxiety, requiring specific help, perhaps at times from doctors or counsellors, I don't believe this is what Jesus is addressing here and it is not what I am striving to address this morning. And I certainly don't want to minimize any of those experiences. Furthermore, Jesus certainly isn't advocating a a, a kind of couldn't care less attitude. He isn't saying that we should never feel disappointed or grieve or regretful. But what I think we're talking about this morning is perhaps a more low-level, common anxiety or worry that we all experience. And this anxiety that Jesus addresses comes from displaced priorities. Notice with his three commands to not be anxious... Each of these are preceded with therefore. And again, just look at the three verses so we can see it. Verse 25, therefore, um, do not be anxious. Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious. And again, verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious. 
I think this can be one passage that we may be tempted to read in isolation and miss what Jesus is really saying. And when we see, therefore, it's telling us that what is currently being said is connected and dependent upon what has come before. So if we think back to last week, we were challenged to lay up treasures in heaven, to have our hearts focused on what is permanent, to have our eyes fixed on God and to allow God to determine the direction of our lives. And then to be devoted to God, first and foremost, over money or any other material possessions in this life. And we were left with a choice. Who will you serve? Who will you be devoted to? It's interesting because we're left with this choice and then Jesus says, therefore, do not be anxious. Now, we've got to remember that Jesus is speaking to believers here. He's speaking to those in the kingdom of God. And it seems Jesus is saying to those who have resolved to serve God and have their focus first on God's, He's saying, you're devoted to God, therefore, do not be anxious. Or or another way, if you are devoted to God, there's no need to be anxious. Last week was really getting us to think about what we are seeking most in life. And and the climax of this whole section, really, is in verse 33... But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In fact, we could say this whole sermon that we've been considering together these past months, we could sum the whole sermon up by this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Therefore, do not be anxious. That's the negative command but seek first the kingdom of God. That's the positive command. I was just thinking this week, I'm wondering, could worry be the most respectable of sins among Christians? I mean, Jesus clearly commands us not to worry to not be anxious, and yet it seems to be the thing, and I speak personally here, it seems to be the thing I am most okay to let run on. It seems to be the thing that I perhaps confess less than anything else. One writer defines anxiety as a barometer of one's God. And I think that's helpful for us here in our context in Matthew 6. In other words, our our level of kind of daily anxiety and worry is an indicator to us of our level of trust in God's provision for us. Jesus commands us not to worry. He doesn't give us that command without good 
reason. We have six reasons here this morning why we don't need to worry, and I'm simply going to take each one in turn. So reason one is more important. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life and what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus is saying, don't live your life for food and clothes. Now, he's speaking to disciples here who who likely had all they needed. And as we think about food and clothes, of course our worries are often not that we will have food and clothes. We, We can become a bit obsessed with food, can't we? You know, we we worry when we eat too much. Or we worry when we don't eat the right things. But when we are worried, we tend to eat the wrong things. We worry about how many eggs is too many eggs. One day, this food is good for us. The next day, we're to totally avoid that food. And we get all worried, wondering what we should actually eat. We worry that kids are eating too many sweets. We worry they don't eat enough greens. We worry they aren't eating enough. We worry they're eating too much. You see, life is so much more than this. We can obsess about clothing, can't we? Now, let's take a moment and let's be honest. Who has ever opened their wardrobe door, surveyed all that is there, the vast array of clothes, and then declared, I have nothing to wear? See, we worry about not having the right thing to wear. We worry about perhaps not having the right trend or the right label, about not looking our best, about not feeling our best, or about not looking well in comparison to whoever else we may be socialising with. Perhaps we worry about the event that is coming up and we don't know what to wear. Perhaps we're worried that our clothes are too old. We want something new for a new kick, a new boost to our confidence. One year we're worried our jeans aren't skinny enough. The next year we're worried our jeans aren't baggy enough. Is this really what our life amounts to? Food and clothes? Now the point here, it's not you can't enjoy food. It's not you can't strive to be healthy. I don't even think the point is that you can't enjoy nice clothes or follow current trends. But these things are not the be-all, end-all of life. Life is so much more than food and clothes. Jesus has clearly told us in the Beatitudes what the happy, what the true life is about. At the end of the day, what matters, it's not the food we eat or the clothes we wear, but it's the attitude that comes from our hearts and the character that is displayed in our lives. So don't worry about these things. Life so much more. Okay, reason two. Um, you are valuable to God. Verse 26, Jesus gives us um, an illustration to make the point. He says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Take a moment someday. Look at the birds. There they are living day to day. They're getting what they need. I don't think they're too anxious about being provided for tomorrow or the next day. Our Heavenly Father feeds and cares for them. But here's the point. You are much more valuable to your Father than the birds. Think about it. If the birds are going to be provided for, we are certainly going to be provided for. What are we worrying about? I mean, we're the very pinnacle of God's creation. We've been made much higher, given much more value and worth and dignity than any of the animals. You may have noticed from chapter 5, verse 45, um, Jesus refers to God as our Father over and over and over again. I think there's 13 or 14 times. He wants us to see that we have a Father who provides for us. We don't need to worry. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no comparison to be made between the animals and God's own children. Now, I, I don't have a pet. I'm, I'm not a big animal lover. Sorry for whoever that blasphemous to. But if I did have a dog or a cat, I would feed them. I would look after them. Uh, and the thing is, if I'm going to provide for that animal, I'm, I'm going to provide for my own children. Uh, and when I say it like that, it almost sounds silly. See, there's no comparison to be made. God is the one who is providing. And he's more than able to do that. Stop worrying. Just let him do it. So don't worry. You're valuable to God. Reason three. Worrying does no good. Verse 27. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? We know this, don't we? Worrying never helps whatever we're worrying about. In fact, it it makes it much worse. It distracts us. It debilitates us. It prevents us from thinking clearly. It prevents us at times from being able to make wise and rational decisions. I mean, whoever looks back on a situation and says, you know, I'm really glad I worried about that. It was, it was all the worrying that got me through. No, in fact, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? On hindsight, we're more likely to say, why did I worry so much about that? In fact, if I hadn't been so worried, I would have got through it much better. Worry does not change a thing. We cannot worry ourselves back to better health. We cannot worry good results from our children. We cannot worry the clock back an hour for all our regrets. We cannot worry our finances up. We cannot worry our way to no mistakes or failures. We cannot worry ourselves a longer life. Listen to what the psalmist says, Psalm 139, verse 16. He says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written 
every one of them, the days that were born for me, when as yet there were none of them. God alone is in control over all of life to the day and moment and second that we die. Worry will not keep us here one second longer than God has planned for us. Don't worry. It does no good. It does no good. Reason four. Um, God cares for us. Look at verses 28 to 30. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, this is a similar thought and idea here to, to God caring for the birds. Jesus gives us another illustration from creation, this time thinking about the flowers and the grass. And there is an emphasis here placed on the word you. So it really wants us to think personally how God is caring for us. And again, the point is that if God cares for flowers and grass that are here today and gone tomorrow that can be chucked into an oven to help with bacon and just burn away, and flowers that, 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 that have a beauty that no one can match, just simply here today, gone tomorrow, if God is doing that, will he not much more clothe you, care for you, provide for you personally what you need? Oh, you of little faith. Do you, do you think that, that God will care for the birds and the flowers, but not care for you? Or, or, or do you doubt God's power or, or ability or willingness to, to care for you? See, they live in constant worry, doubting if we'll be cared for or provided for surely is, is just an insult to who God is. He's our Father. Again, we, we think, how much of an insult would it be to me if my children spent their days in constant worry, having no confidence that I will feed them or clothe them or provide for their needs? Will he not much more care for you. Don't worry. God cares for you individually, personally. Reason five. The Gentiles worry. But of course God's children are different. Look at verse 31. Therefore, so in light of God's fatherly care, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows you need them all. Perhaps you have thought at some point or other, or perhaps you've said to someone, or perhaps you've said to someone else about someone, um, they have little to worry about, or you've little to worry about. You know, they're worried about something, but you have something so much greater to worry about. There's something of that sense here as we look to the Gentiles. You're worried about all these things and we realize, well, actually, we're just worried about all the same things. And it's like Jesus is saying to those in the kingdom, well, if that's what you're worried about, food and clothes, well, you've, you've little to worry about. Because those in the kingdom, our worry, our focus, our concern is on much greater things much weightier things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles worry about, they'll be given to you. They'll be added to you. And here's the positive command that brings us to the climax of this section. Children of the kingdom... You're not seeking after temporary food, money, clues, possessions. You're seeking after your greatest ambition. All you want, all you long for is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Well, I believe it means our hearts seek the glory of God, His honour, His recognition. I believe it means that our, we, we long for hearts and character that has been described to us in this very sermon. We seek, we long for a kingdom heart and kingdom character. I believe it means that we we seek God's will to be done in our lives. That we would live in increasing obedience to Him. I believe it means we seek after, run after the lost. That we long for many men and women who are dying without Christ to turn to Christ and be brought into the kingdom of God. I believe it means that we seek after heaven alone as our eternal home, our permanent residence, and our greatest joy. Isn't that how Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. See, those in the kingdom... They know there's so much more to life than ourselves. In fact, there's so much more to life than just staying alive. So much more to life than just clothes and food. Life is about God's name, His kingdom, His will. And then Jesus taught us, we pray that God would provide what we need 
for his name to be honoured and his kingdom to come and his will to be done in our lives. Do we trust God to give us all we need for as long as he wants us to live to accomplish his will for our lives and his glory. And it is there that we can find freedom from worry. What is our only hope in life and death? Listen to the answer from the catechism that we know, and perhaps we don't know the longer answer. What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from the power of the devil. Listen to this. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. You see, when we are seeking God, we are free from all worry because we have given our lives over to God's control, God's purpose, God's provision, and we trust him with that. Those in the kingdom, they don't worry as the Gentiles do because they know that God will provide all they need to live for his glory and his kingdom. And that's all that matters. When we're seeking God first, we don't need to worry. But worry-free does not mean problem-free or pain-free. And we only need to look to the Lord Jesus who lived his life free from worry he wasn't worried that his father wouldn't care for him but entrusted himself to his father's care and yet experienced incomparable suffering even dying in place of sinners why? so that the father might be glorified so that the father's kingdom would come and so that the Father's will would be done even in our lives. And as we, as we look to the cross of Christ, we see the extent of God's care for us. We look to Christ crucified and are assured that we are valuable to God, that God is cares for us and God will do anything to provide for us. Paul says in Romans if God is for us, who can be against us? 
he who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If God gave up his own son for our salvation, how will he not provide all the lesser things that we need to bring him home to himself? Don't worry. You're not a Gentile. You're God's child. Finally, um, reason six. Tomorrow has enough worry. Verse 34. Therefore, so as you seek the kingdom of God, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do you know how often our worry about tomorrow robs us from engaging in the present today? And Jesus is saying, focus on living today. Give your entire, entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. We began this morning reading from Psalm 103. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our freedom. That is, he knows our weakness. He knows our vulnerability. He knows everything that's going to come up and throw us off and cause us to worry. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. See, whatever troubles you today, you can be sure of the Lord's steadfast love, his fatherly compassion and care. And whatever comes tomorrow, we do not know. But whatever it is, the Lord's steadfast love and compassion and care and gracious provision will be there to meet you day after day after day. So seek God and don't worry. Let's pray.